Welcome to the Rewilded Human Podcast, where Dr. Lucille and Lynn will tackle your most difficult and intimate questions with candor, tough love, and a little dash of humor. In today's episode, and it becomes, you know, a choice between self-protection yeah. and, you know, being kind and caring to your father. And uh, if the, the abuse is really severe, then you uh, protection, I would say, is probably your number one go to at this yeah. point. And and that in and of itself, when when a person who's abusing alcohol sees those people they love drifting away, um, that can start, you know, getting them to the place of realizing I can't do this anymore. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 12 of the Rewilded Human podcast. I'm here, here with my co-host Lucille and my name is Lynn Hardy. I'm a nutritional consultant and a naturopath. I'm also a best-selling author. I keep forgetting to tell you guys about this. I've got two books on Amazon, two bestsellers, The Aging Games, How to Come Out a Winner, and my latest book, The Fasting Bible. This is doing ex- excellent right now on Amazon. So do check those out. And let me introduce you to my beautiful co-host, Dr. Lucille. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Dr. Lucille, as Lynn mentioned, and I am a, uh, well, by by day, I'm a psychiatrist, psychotherapist, and my focus is EMDR. And I uh, also am a Healy distributor, and I will show you one Healy device. It's one of these remarkable frequency devices that... Uh, does everything. It balances your bioenergetic field right from the physical all the way up to the spiritual. I can't say enough about these wonderful gizmos. And uh, yes, and I love to help people reach into their lives and pull out the best of themselves and develop fully so that they may be totally fulfilled. So that's me. Sounds amazing. I love it. And guys, keep sending us your questions so we can address them. And uh, Lucille mentioned the EMDR, which we will talk about in the next episode. So make sure you stay tuned for that because you really want to learn more about this really interesting therapy. And regarding the Healy, you can check the link below. Now we're going to get into your questions right away. Uh, Lucille, would you like to get started? Sure, absolutely. So um, Serena has a troubling family issue. Hello, lovely ladies. Thank you, Serena. I could adopt you for that comment. That's so sweet. Thank you. I have a question about my father. He was an amazing dad to me, and I have some great childhood memories. He always drank, but it has gotten worse, and I feel like his alcoholism has changed his personality completely, and that that has ruined our relationship completely. He has become critical, confrontational, and just mean to me throughout the years. Thus, wiping away all the nice childhood memories. How do I learn to let go of the anger and uh, I feel and find compassion for him again? I just don't want to be around him. Wow, Serena, thank you for asking that question because there are a lot of people who are in that situation. Yes. Uh, and, um, you know, and they feel really totally helpless. The person that they loved and knew so well has been replaced by someone they really I want to avoid. So uh, the issue of alcoholism and uh, substance abuse is monumental. I mean, it is the pandemic of all pandemics. And I think that um, people need to be really very, very clear that it is a such a destructive 
a destructive force in our lives, not only for the person who's got the addiction, but for so many people around them. And for those people who are really suffering, like you, uh, Serena, where you, you feel that your lovely, uh, you know, loving memories of your father are like being deleted, I would say, uh, my heart goes out to you uh, because, as we all know, it's up to the person with the abuse problem uh, who who has he has the power to change it if he intends to. And sometimes uh, you could be waiting forever, and they they just do not decide that they want to be get clear, clean, and sober. Because I think so, a lot of people don't realize they have a problem. I think the first step is really absolutely that recognition that I actually have a problem. And I think I just don't exactly. see that getting there. Oh, I only drink, you know, a bottle a day or whatever. And that's right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Only a bottle a day. Yeah. It's nothing, you know, and, and red I wine mean, is good for you, right? Red wine, reservatory, right. it's healthy for you, full of antioxidants. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how alcohol has become such a huge part of our culture that you cannot even imagine a celebration without alcohol. Absolutely. And you, and get, you been, get shamed. Like I don't, I normally don't drink. So I get shamed. Oh, come on, Lynn, have a drink. Why don't you, you know, lighten up, have a drink. Why can you not have a good time without drinking? And I know. And I've had the same, I get the same treatment from people all the time. I avoid crowds where uh, drinking is the big deal. I just yeah. I will not. I won't even go. So, yeah, yeah. So, yes, it's very hard because now you've got traumatic memories, Serena, of your father that are piling up. Um, you, you have, I think, uh, worded this question really well. How do I let go of the anger and find compassion for him? Because you're taking a lot of responsibility for how you're perceiving the situation. And I think that's really admirable. I think everybody has to take responsibility for their part in these relationships. At the same time, you know what? I would not say you can get rid of your anger because when a person is drinking and out of control, they can do extremely cruel and demeaning things. Uh, it, it It's horrible. And I don't, I don't think that you should just have to swallow your feelings around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, yes, I think compassion is, is wonderful. And I agree with you, you should be compassionate, because your father is out of control. And the person that he's hurting the most is himself. And as Lynn said, he's not, not even aware of it. Or if, if he gets little glimmers of insight, that maybe it's a problem, he's denying it, and he's avoiding dealing with the truth. Yeah, so what, yeah, and so what happens is they uh, you know, people in this situation tend to start shedding relationships because uh, people just don't want to be around them anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say use your anger and compassion. Use them, Serena. And what you do is, first of all, if you haven't already done so, uh, have a talk with your father when he's sober. Um, you may have to also, if if it's a family issue, family members are also not uh, you know, not willing to tolerate his behavior anymore, that you might do a very compassionate family intervention. Mm -hmm. And you can find lots of resources on the internet about how to do that. But sometimes when the person is confronted by a whole group of people that they love and trust, uh, it can, you know, it can wake them up. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't count on it. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. 
But at the same time, I would say, um, if there's anything that you can do to express how bad it is for you, if, if there's anything that you can do to express your feelings in a compassionate way to him, show him how his behavior is impacting you, um, then I, I would try that. Again, don't hold your breath because he might yeah. not be ready to listen to it. And he may turn around and be um, either sar- sarcastic or, or be mean to you. Yeah. So uh, it depends on where, where you're at with him right now. But I would I would absolutely say take yourself out of the line of fire. If he's not willing to change and he's being abusive, I would just say take yourself out of the line of fire and set very clear limits on any interactions with him. So she should stay away from him. Do you think that she'd be dealing with a lot of guilt, staying away from the father and, you know, not knowing how much time he has left? And then you have all this. Yeah, it depends. It really it really depends because it depends on how abusive the, the behavior is, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's it's uh then it becomes, you know, a choice between self-protection yeah. and you know being kind and caring to your father. And uh if the, the abuse is really severe, then you protection, I would say, is probably your number one go-to at this yeah. point. And and that in and of itself, when when a person who's abusing alcohol sees those people they love drifting away, um, that can start you know, getting them to the place of realizing, I can't do this anymore. Or they Again, drink more, or, right? Or they drink or more. They because drink that, more, everyone right. has abandoned me and nobody sticks by me. And they just need yeah. another excuse to drink even more, which is which is so sad. I mean, right. ultimately, it's an addiction that I think a lot of people are not able to overcome. Like, I'm, I'm from Hungary originally, which, you know, Lucille. And I was just reading the other day that something like 37% of Hungarians are alcoholics. We are number one in the world. So literally it impacts every single family. Pretty much every single child grows up in an alcoholic family. And I mean, just imagine that carrying on through generations and generations, this trauma that this causes. I mean, it's just absolutely horrible. I mean, it breaks families apart. Children are traumatized for life. It ruins relationships. Yeah. And and it's really sad. Like I can I can really sympathize with Serena to to have a loving father that you were close to, and then to see his personality change so much that it's like you don't recognize him anymore because it's not him anymore. It's the alcohol that has taken over. You know, like how the Muslims they don't drink, right? They are totally against alcohol because they say that alcohol will steal your soul. Mm-hmm. So that is such an interesting concept to me, right? Yeah. Because it like right. yeah. it wipes away your personality. And steals mm-hmm. your soul, and it's almost like a demon takes over your body, and you are yeah. not even dealing with that loved one. You're dealing with someone completely different, Absolutely. right? It's, it's amazing. Like you can talk to someone, you meet someone during the day, you go out for a drink with them, they have a few drinks, and it, they mm-hmm. just become a completely different person. Like yeah. what happens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the neurotoxicity of the of the alcohol. It's it Absolutely. directly impacts the brain and. Uh, and if it goes on way too long, absolutely, it's uh, there's a point at which there's a, could be a point of no return. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had I've had family members who died of alcoholism. Yeah, and we it, have to. Yeah, it's and, the, and the thing is, you cannot stop. You can't stop just cold turkey, not yeah. drink anymore. Because and this is what happened to my husband's father. He ended up in the hospital, and you know he wasn't getting the alcohol, and that's what killed him ultimately. 
because you know yeah. you can't just stop drinking you have That's to right. get yourself off the alcohol yeah. people don't realize yeah. this so it's mm-hmm. a, it's a very very deadly addiction that is very difficult mm-hmm. to overcome Serena, yeah. it's it's. I totally feel your pain. You know, having seen this so much in my country, my family, and um, it's it's a horrible thing to go through. Ultimately, protect yourself. You know, mm-hmm. try to help him the best you can. Like Dr. Lucille said, if you can do a family intervention, if you think that would help, I mean, I think in some cases it can. In some cases, it can totally backfire and have him turn more against you guys. But I I, I guess for your own sake of you know well-being and feeling not feeling guilty that you've done everything that's probably the the kindest thing that you can do to him and then limit your Mm -hmm. time being around him and don't don't put up with any abuse you don't you don't have to put up with that whether it's I'm 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 assuming it's verbal not physical abuse hopefully it's not physical abuse but verbal abuse can be just as horrible just as horrible yeah protect yourself protect your children if you have children and, uh, you know, we wish you the best. It's it's a very, very, very difficult situation. And we hope mm-hmm. that you can overcome this somehow with your father and get back the loving dad that you used to have. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank, you. Thank you so much for your question, Serena. And just, to rem- just a reminder to anybody, if we give you advice and you act on it or you don't act on it and you uh, want further advice or you have another question, please feel free to submit another question or just give us an update. Yes. On how how you did with with uh, what whatever your issue is in this case with your father, Serena. So anyway, best of luck to you. Absolutely. Because we only have like the, these short sentences that you guys sent. Yes. So we right. don't really have the whole story. We are just assuming the rest of the story. And if you guys want us to go deeper into anything, then do write back to us and send us some more details so we can address mm-hmm. those. So we're on to the next question. But before we go on the next question, I feel like I need to address my hat because people have been wondering, why is this crazy woman wearing a hat? <laughs> so you, you, if you're on YouTube, you can see me not on Spotify. So I curled my hair today and I went a little bit overboard with the tiny curls and I ended up with like hair like this. It's completely uncontrollable. There was nothing I can do. And this was like a last minute thing. So this will be my new signature thing. I don't know if anyone has ever done a podcast in a hat before or if I'm the first one, but this is going to be my signature look. <laughs> so we are on to the next question. And this is from Sabina, who is fed up with some of her clients. And I get this. I hear this from some of my friends as well. Sabina mm-hmm. says, I'm a hairdresser and I'm so sick and tired of people who are always late or won't show up at all. They don't even apologize. They just feel entitled. And it's really starting to affect my business and my state of mind. How can I handle such rude customers fed up in L.A.? I hear this all the time. I have friends who are hairdressers, beauticians, and I think this is getting a lot worse recently. Like be, people were more respectful in the olden days, in the olden days, you know, but I, I just don't, I don't remember hearing this all the time that people just don't show up or they cancel in the last minute or they don't even cancel or they end up they coming late without apologizing. People just have no regard for others or the time of others. I see that a lot. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, if it was my business, what I would do is, especially if somebody was doing this over and over again, I would just charge them. You know, if it's less than 24 hours for your cancellation, I'm sure you do this with your clients, right? Lucy, with oh, your yeah, clients. absolutely. So, you sure. know, if it's, if it's less than 24 hours, then you are charged for that appointment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what, yeah. if you show up or not. Um, another thing you can do is if it's someone new coming, you can take a deposit to make sure that they show up. Some people send out reminders, you know, remind people the day before or even a few hours before, make sure you come to your appointment. 
but just this disregard for people's time and and their profession is is very frustrating. Do you encounter this in your practice? Um, I don't so much because I screen people very carefully. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, uh, but it, it can be a problem for for a lot of like say family physicians. When I see my clients, usually it's over a long term period and. We develop a long-term relationship, so they tend to feel more of a sense of, um, let's say, obligation to show up when they say they were going to show up. And they usually are very good about, mm -hmm. you know, honoring honoring my 24-hour cancellation policy, mm -hmm. usually. Um, so, you know, uh, but it is a major difficulty in a lot of other professions. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. I think the, the lack of respect is shocking. Mm -hmm. You know, to, it's mind boggling, really. And most people just are not aware of all the time, energy and money that a hairdresser has to expend to create a successful business. They That's just have no awareness. Um, and I would be curious. I'd be really curious as to whether they do this to male hairdressers as much as to female hairdressers. That's always been a question of mine, because I think. Um, people tend to take women's energy much more for granted, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like, well, you're like mom, you're just going to be there and you're going to cook yeah. and clean and do whatever. And I can, I can go with my friends and doesn't really matter, you know, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, so anyway, if, if anybody has any information on that, whether male ha hairdressers mm -hmm. have a, an easier time of it, do tell us because mm -hmm. I'd be very. <clears throat> for sure. Or maybe yeah. men make appointments more last minute, you know, like, oh, I'll be there in two hours or I'll be there tomorrow. Not so far. I'm sure men don't make an appointment for a haircut a month in advance like we do. Right. That's true. So maybe That's they're true. more likely to show up for the appointment. But yeah, that would be really interesting to know. Yeah, it's hard to be. And I mean, the only thing really you can do is, is to stick to your policies and yes. make sure that your clients know when they make the booking, tell them we do have a 24 hour cancellation policy. You will be charged if you don't show up and do charge them because I see a lot of people. They have this policy in place, but they don't actually implement it yeah. because yeah. they feel yeah. bad, you know, as women. And we do that. Oh, we feel bad and we want them to come back and we don't want to offend them. But, you know, business is business and you need to treat it as a business. And I think yeah. most successful businesses and salons will do that. And, and people will respect you a lot more if you enforce mm -hmm. these rules. Absolutely. I agree totally. So we're on to the next okay. question from Anna. Yes. Anna is coming to us with very low self-esteem. I really need your help, Lynn and Lucille. I suffer from really bad self-esteem, so much so that I end up staying in relationships where I'm badly abused as I really think that nobody would ever want me. I'm in my 50s and with many health issues and caring for my elderly mother. I really don't have much going for me. I really have no chance of ever bagging a normal man. I love that word bagging. bagging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so I'm so sorry to hear that, Anna. Uh, it's a, it's such a misery to go through life feeling so low about yourself. Um, I would suggest, you know, if this has been a lifelong issue, I would go straight to the core of, of what's going on here and suggest that you seek therapy. Because it sounds from what you're saying is that like you are so embedded in feeling badly about yourself um, that it's uh, it's probably not something that you'll be able to deal with on your own without help, without mm -hmm. professional help. 
And when I hear things like this, I always think either there was a significant abuse uh, of whatever variety in the past or emotional neglect. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, where like, it's interesting you say you're caring for your elderly mother. I, you know, mm-hmm. I often see clients who have this kind of issue and they've been the kind of Cinderella figure in their uh, families mm-hmm. where the families treat you like you are the servant and the slave. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be there and take care of everybody. And you do not have any needs of your own. You don't have any, uh, any, um, any, uh, it's, there's no recognition of you being a whole human being who needs uh, loving and caring and support yourself. Yes. And usually, usually these little Cinderella's, they, they don't, they never get acknowledged. They never get praised. That nothing is ever said. They're taken completely for granted. Mm-hmm. And so that really erodes the self-esteem completely. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you're in your 50s and you have many health issues. Okay. And this is something else I see a lot. The longer you have unresolved or unhealed abuse or very poor self-esteem, it will translate into bodily symptoms. Absolutely. It will go on and on. And you know that, Lynn, I'm sure you've seen lots of people with that. Yes. The the thing is, too, if you have low self-esteem, you're not going to feel that you're worth taking yourself off to the gym, that you're not worth buying the best quality food. You're not worth researching the the best lifestyle for yourself. You just, you won't do it because you're worthless. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a self-sabotage kind of situation. You know, it's like this perpetual um, circle that you get into and you just keep, you you know, everyone's abusing you and you're abusing yourself and you Mm -hmm. feel that that's the only thing that you deserve. I mean, I know Anna personally, so I, I know her situation. I know she's, she, you know, she has a very difficult time financially as well. She has two children to raise by herself and her sick mother to look after. Wow. And, and I see her all the time. I, she did have a very big trauma in her life. Um, she, her father committed suicide. And oh. this was while she was pregnant with her daughter. And I think that left a huge impact on her. And I think that's something that she's really, really have, struggling to recover from. And then I think it just kind of spiraled from there. And and I see her with these abusive relationships with men. When she does come across a man who who would be good to her and would treat her well, she doesn't want him. She throws him away. She doesn't want anything to do with him. She wants these guys that she has to fight for that are mean to her, that are not nice to her. So And then those guys, she's hanging on to tooth and nail. So it's almost like she will sabotage any kind of normal relationship that would come her way. And what I keep always telling her is that until you work on yourself and you're not, mm-hmm. you know, becoming a more centered person who actually accepts herself and, and loves herself and takes care of herself, you're not going to be attracting the right kind of man. Because Absolutely. You know, whatever your inner world is, that's your outer world. That's what you're going to attract to yourself. And Absolutely. she's one of those people that I see her just thriving on drama. You know, like if there's no drama, right. she creates it because that's that's the okay. adrenaline that she's running on constantly. Sure. Sure, sure. But how do you get out of that? Like, how do you, how do you, how, because I've been trying, you know, I've been, I've known her 15 years and I've tried everything and, and nothing seems to help. Well, then there is this thing about sometimes people getting addicted to being the um, victim. Mm -hmm. They just get addicted to it. 
They do. And like, uh, you know, with the pre the previous question from Serena, um, you kind of have to hit rock bottom. You have to feel the misery and the suffering of your life. Mm-hmm. Like really face it, really feel it. And then realize that you can't do this any longer, right? You just cannot do it. You, you Not one more moment will you spend in this misery. Mm-hmm. And that's when people are really ready to change. Mm-hmm. But no amount of uh, friends supporting and, you know, giving uh, advice and uh, showering love on the person is going to make one ounce of difference if they're really still addicted to being a victim and they're too afraid. Usually there's a big fear underneath it all. They're too afraid of changing. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And what so, happens if they never hit rock bottom? What happens if they never get to that point? Like. I guess a lot of people just they just go through life. They go they go through their to their graves with the same thing. Unfort it's very unfortunate. It's very very sad. You know, it's it's just so heartbreaking to see. Mm -hmm. Um, And what about like for someone who cannot afford therapy? What would you recommend to someone like that? Uh, yeah. Well, there are so many online therapies like there are so many companies now that are providing uh therapy online now they don't charge a great deal some of them have very uh low fees mm-hmm. um another thing is you know if you have any kind of insurance that might cover it yeah uh and the other thing is finding self help groups you know, yeah. finding, uh, you know, uh, groups on Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, just browsing through the self-help section in your local uh, library or bookstore. Yeah. And starting mm-hmm. to, you know, starting to really uh, go into the, the, the understanding of what's going on with you. And, and sometimes there are exercises that you could do. Some of these self-help books are good at providing exercises, self-reflection tools, things like that. Yeah, the ideal would be to find a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Anna, so that's the best tip that we have for you is to try to find a therapist, try to find some help. And, you know, you shouldn't be dealing with all of this by yourself. It's just too much to take on. And we wish you the best of luck. And do get back to us and let us know how you're doing. Sure, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then it brings us to the last question of this episode. And this is from Bill, who is anticipating an unpleasant time with his family this holiday season. I'm 35 years old and the youngest child in my family. All my life, my parents and sibs, siblings have made fun of me, pointing out all the ways they think I'm stupid and awkward. I'm hating the thought of being around them this holiday. I've accomplished a lot in my life. And other people think I'm smart and successful, but my family still thinks I'm a goofy five-year-old. Is there anything I can do to stop them from making me the butt of their jokes? Oh, Bill. Yeah, I know. That's very sad. I totally feel for you. I mean, I feel like the goofy five-year-old in my family, so I, I totally understand what you're saying. And um, I don't know if you're getting this mostly from your, well, you said your siblings and your parents. Yeah. I mean, if you're the youngest one, that's, that's bound to happen. Right. I definitely get that feeling from my family sometimes, especially from my parents. I don't have any siblings, but 
Yeah, that's really hard. And then, you know, the holiday season should be all about family coming together and enjoying each other's company. And it's so hard to see how many people are dreading this time. And, and yeah. Yeah. I don't know, what would you recommend for Bill, Dr. Lucille? Uh, first of all, I would say, you know, you cannot stop anybody from doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I would say, give up on that. That's going to, you're, you're going to really be butting your head uh, against a brick wall if you do that. Um, you need to understand the situation, I think, to a certain extent to, to make a really good choice for yourself. And there are lots of families that are like this where they have to find a scapegoat. Even though it's like all done in a joking way, it still is wounding. And it's, you are being, you know, the scapegoat in the family. So whether it's that you're awkward or stupid or some for other, in other families, it's that they find the black sheep of the family that they can always uh, throw stones at, you know, whatever it is, this indicates a family structure in which the family members have been have learned not to look at their own issues and instead they kind of project their their shit pardon my french their shit on one member of the family that's that person becomes you know the bearer of all that's imperfect in 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 them, in the family structure. And then they never have to look at themselves. They never, ever look at themselves and say, well, geez, could I be contributing to this problem? Uh, Is my behavior making it hard for, for, uh, you know, Bill in this case? They'll never do that. Mm -hmm. And they, you might also notice that they tend to be the kind of family that gossips in a very negative way about other people also outside of family, you know? Yeah, for sure. they're, these are the kind of people, they they feel better about themselves if they can put somebody else down. Um, and I think you need to make a choice about, uh, you know, how you're going to be with them. You can control that, you know. You, if, and I don't know exactly how how bad the situation is for you, Bill, but you can say to yourself, I'm going to go into, you know, the next family gathering with my head held high um, and I'm not going to respond to any of their, you know, their, well, it's really public humiliation, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to respond. And I'm just going to ch- keep changing the subject. You can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. If you feel that it's an option, you can possibly uh, take one of them aside. Like maybe there's one of them who's not completely gung-ho about making you the butt of their jokes. You, you can kind of tell they're kind of going along with it, but they, their heart isn't in it. And you might want to uh, come up to them and, and, you know, privately and say, this is the situation. I'm not, I don't like it. And uh, can we find some way to do it differently? You don't want to confront them all as a group because they are just going to come up against you as a solid front mm-hmm, for sure. uh, of resistance, right? Uh, and they'll do things. They'll say things like, "Oh, come on, Bill, we're just joking. Can't you take a joke?" You know that sort of sort of thing. So it depends what you feel is appropriate, what you're ready to do. But if you feel like it's you've tried things like this and it hasn't worked, 
you might want to just, you know, set a limit, just say to yourself, okay, I'm going to show up for, you know, for the meal and I'm leaving immediately or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There are so many people out there who have, I'm sorry to say this, but they, they get so pummeled by their families that they have actually cut off all contact with their families. There, there's a movement of people who will not uh, have anything to do with their families. Unfortunately, it's very sad. Uh, it's very, very sad, and the family is unaware of how much they are missing. You know, sure. the amazing love and richness of the heart connection with the the family member that they're rejecting. You know, it you can't. You can't replace that. There's that. No. That's just a lost, a lost treasure. Um, just talking about alcohol, and I wonder, you know, if alcohol plays a big role in this as well. People get together, they start drinking, and then, you know, they're behaving completely differently than they would normally. Yeah. Like, so yeah. that can also be an issue. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's probably fueling the situation. Yeah. Sure. I recently saw a couple of techniques that you can use when somebody's doing this, and I wish I could remember all of them. But one was that when you get the insult, ask them to repeat it. You know, like if they say to you, oh, yes. nice and you would say, I'm sorry, what did you say? And then when exactly. they, the second time they say it, they look like an idiot, you know, saying it. And yeah. then, you know, like some kind of try to find some of these techniques that you can use to kind of turn things back around on them without even saying mm-hmm. anything, but just making them look stupid. And then, or you right. maybe say, I'm sorry, what does that mean? Or, you know, like just just kind of turn it on them so that you don't feel like the idiot and the butt of their joke. I mean, that's, that's just so horrible. It's so nasty. And I can't believe that nobody in the family is standing up for you. Because if, if that was my family and somebody was doing that to my brother or my son or someone, I would be like, hey, you know, stop it. What is wrong with you? So exactly. I mean, yeah. it's just, the family sounds a little bit toxic in this regard. And I, I wouldn't blame you for not wanting to be with them during the holidays. I, I yeah, it's a t- it's a tough one, Bill. I mean, anything else for him, <laughs> Lucille? I don't I don't know what else to tell you for. No, I, I would I would say I think you've made some. Uh, that's a really good strategy that you su- suggested, Lynn. Um, I I would say don't be afraid of uh, challenging them, mm-hmm. just the way Lynn suggested. Either get them to repeat it, mm-hmm. or uh, you can say, well, you know, that might have been me at five, but I'm very different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's just a good idea. Out, just point out the reality of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I wish you all the best. And I hope that you can come to some kind of strategy that really helps you. And by all means, we'd love to hear uh, whatever you try and uh, yes. give us an update. And if you have any other questions, please Definitely. send them our way. Especially if it's something that works and you find a strategy that works for this. I'm sure a lot of people are in this situation. So we'd love to hear back from you, Bill. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. That com- that brings us to the end of episode 12. And you guys have to tune in for the next episode where I will be interviewing Dr. Lucille. It's going to be very, very interesting. You don't want to miss this episode. Guys, keep sending us your questions. And, you know, one thing you can do for us, this would help us out so much. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend. Let's get this out there to as many people as possible and help this channel and help this podcast grow. That would make us so happy because you know we're just giving this time from our busy schedules for free just to help you guys and the more we can share the love the better it will be so thank you so much and we will see you guys in the next episode thank you so much dr thank you lynn and thank you all see you in the next episode see you in the next episode
Please be aware that Lynn and I are here to provide insights, advice, stories that are for educational and entertainment purposes only. None of our content should be considered to be personal, medical, or mental health therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health or physical health challenge, please consult the appropriate healthcare specialist. We are here to provide the best possible content in an atmosphere of positive conversation and personal growth.